I got a quick video to kind of kick this thing off this morning, one of my favorite Christian artists. So let's, let's just kind of listen to this for three or four minutes. I, some people said I look like him, by the way. You, you tell me.
Who's ready to go to Toby Mac conference? Concert. Let's let's skip the preaching. Let's let's bring Toby Mac in the place. Um, just it's just side note. I've really been lately. I go through different seasons of artists. That that comes off his album called Elements. It's a powerful album. Really life changing. Um, and by the way, um, he's the real deal. How many have heard of his personal story recently? They lost his son. Horrible. Um, and I got a chance to hear some of his personal testimony of God bringing him through that. And you know what? He's staying the course. He's staying faithful. He's loving God. He's preaching. He's singing. He, he didn't give up. Can anybody say amen? amen. And so um, this morning, here it is. Uh, this has really been birthed out of some personal things in my life recently, but really a journey. So I'm entitling this Faith to Faith. Um, I want to talk about probably 40 years of my personal journey, and, and in there we're going to sprinkle in these faith moments that occurred in my life, moments that have really defined who I am, good and bad. How many of you have some good, right? And you have some bad stuff, but you learn from it, you grow. You. So I'm going to fire a lot of faith at you this morning. So are you ready? You might want to put your seatbelts on this morning. Some people say I get a little loud sometimes. That's not true. It is true, isn't it, AJ? And that's going to be okay. Listen, we last week we were in Liberty, and we got to go to an Afro-American church, and, and we had church, right? We worshiped, and, and I just love going to different cultures and different worship styles, and it was through the roof, amen? So... So you got to be a little careful this morning. I might be get going. So I might be, I might be in that vein. Let's go to Romans really quick. And I'm, like I said, I'm going to, first of all, hit you with a lot of scripture. So if you don't get to all of it, maybe write it down, go back to it. Um, Romans 1, and then some of these I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little bit back before the main text, but I want you to, to see it in context. Let's go to Romans 1, 8 through 17. And this is Paul writing, of course, and he's writing to, to Rome. He says, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you that your faith is spoken throughout the whole world. That's pretty impressive, by the way, isn't it? That he starts out saying, throughout the world, faith is being spoken of you guys. For God is my witness, whom I'm served with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers making requests if by some means that at last I may find a way in the will of God to come see you. He deeply desired to visit them. For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. That's a whole nother message. How many of you believe that things do happen? It's called impartation. Amen. Different giftings, different styles. And Paul was saying that I don't just want to be at a distance, but I want to come and be with you personally because when I come personally, I can impart something into you. Not just good teaching, but a release of that which God has on the inside of me. When we go through my 40 years of journey, I can tell you that there's been monumental times of not just good teaching, but divine impartation through the Holy Spirit, working through men and women. Can anybody say amen? amen? Where they bring forth the power of the Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden I came in one way and I left another way. 
I left that place believing beyond a shadow of a doubt that God was on my side, that I was going to make it, that everything was going to be okay. Sometimes you need that kind of impartation. Amen? Amen. Somebody to slap you a little bit, encourage you a little bit, love on you a little bit, but just give you that jolt. And I just have a feeling that Paul was that kind of preacher, don't you? So he comes in, he says, I want to impart. But watch this. That is that I may encourage together with you by the mutual faith, I love this, of you and me. There's something about when we begin to share our journey of faith and what God's brought us through and how we've conquered, how we overcome, it's contagious, is it not? That's why we do testimonies. That's why by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony, it releases faith in the atmosphere and we begin to, he say, we're going to have a conversation of God's faithfulness. Now, I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I plan to come with you, but it says I was hindered and I couldn't get there. Let's go to verse 16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, but the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in the righteousness of God, it's revealed from faith to faith as it is written, what? The just shall live by faith. Listen to me. You can't get away from faith in this Christian journey. It begins with faith and it ends with faith. Salvation is faith. Deliverance is faith. Healing is faith. Believing the promises of God is faith. Nothing is separated from faith. And so sometimes we just need to get juiced back up and believe in God again. Can anybody say amen? amen. And so hopefully we're going to discover some things that are going to help us with our walk of faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says this. For we walk by faith and not by... You, say, you read my mail, AJ. You sang that this morning. In the songs, it was talking about that. We can't just trust in what we feel and what we see. I mean, God's made us emotional. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm here to tell you, if you don't come to the place and realize that your emotions lie to you sometime, then this walk of faith is going to be difficult. You're a liar. And I'm a liar. And my emotions go crazy. And my desires are not always right and not always pure. But God is pure and God is right. And I believe in the unseen sometimes. When things are contrary, faith rises up and somehow I still believe. Can anybody say amen? amen? Where does it come from? You've all heard this one. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Now, I want you to grab hold of this. This includes the Logos word. What is the Logos word? A little bit of good teaching, Rich. What's the Logos word? The Logos word is the written word. It is this. The B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me. I stand upon what? I should be a singer. The Bible, the Logos word, the written word, that's why we, we, we read it. That's why we study it. That's why we quote it. That's why we stand upon it, right? Because the more we do that, the more we hear it, the more it builds up faith. Let me just throw this out there. There's also the rhema word. What is the rhema word? 
A word of God, it's a now word, it's a prophetic word. A rhema word can come from a crazy guy like me who moves prophetically and speaks over your life and gives you a word or from a prophet or a prophetess or somebody that's gifted the prophetic. That can be a rhema word. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit comes down and Peter, the loser, listen to me. At that moment, Peter was a big loser. He denied him three times. He dropped the ball massively. Jesus comes and restores him. And on the day of Pentecost, Peter is anointed and he preaches the first sermon. And it's not just a sermon. It's a rhema word from God. And he begins to say, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. That's a rhema word taking from the Logos word and making it now and making it active and making it relevant. Amen? How many times have you gotten up in the morning and you're just going through a a boring Bible reading time? Come on, let's just be honest. A boring Bible reading time. And you're struggling and you're just doing everything to stay in the game. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere comes a rhema word. Boom! God says, that's for you. You've read it 150 times before. And all of a sudden, that thing is like in bold print. It's going 3D at you. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I've never seen that before. And you begin to jump up and you begin to pray with new power and new vigor and new life and new authority. How many of us are sick sometimes? We've been beat up for the last year and a half and two years. Our faith has been rattled. Let's be honest. It's been a difficult, stinking season. It's been hard. But I'm telling you, faith is still alive. We need the word of God. We need to rhema word from God sometimes. I've had to go back on my my prophetic words that God has given me at times. And I've had to re-engage and re-believe and re-trust and stir those things up and say, I still believe it even though I don't see it. The world's going to hell in a handbasket. And I'm annoyed and I'm irritated and I am so sick of the government and I'm so sick of the news and I'm so sick and I'm so angry. How about you? But yet, in the word of God, in God's presence, there's hope and peace and life and joy and grace and goodness and forgiveness and healing. Come on, you got to get there. And so in this faith journey comes a rhema word, a now word, that thing that will propel us and get us through. How many can say amen? Amen. All right. Let's go to Galatians really quick. All right. It's 1055. I'm going to preach for about 20 more minutes and then we're going to do some prayer time. Are you okay with that? Maybe 25, AJ. You watch my time. Galatians chapter three. This whole book, and I'd like to hit a couple of the major points, is talking about this life of faith. It's talking about, it starts out by saying, oh, you foolish Galatians, who's bewitched you? How have you begun so good and so sound? How many of you found yourself in that place? Of man, you're doing so good and you're so strong and you're believing God. And then coronavirus hits and you get derailed. And you get sidetracked and you get depressed and you get despondent and you get lonely and you get irritated. 
and you begin to try to look to the government and to the news and to the to, to get your hope. And it says, Galatians, who, who's bewitched you? Who's take how what did you first? How did this happen? I'll tell you how it happens. He says, let's read it. Oh, foolish Galatians, who's bewitched you that you should obey the truth before the eyes of Jesus Christ was clearly betrayed among you as crucified. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the spirit by works of the law or how? By the hearing of faith. He's reminding them. It came by faith. Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit that now you're being made perfect by the flesh? Your flesh is corrupt. I hate to tell you that. Have you suffered so many things in vain if deed was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the spirit to you and the works of miracles among you, do you still believe that he supplies the spirit of the living God and he still supplies miracles to the church of Jesus Christ? Do we still believe it? My heavens, I hope so. Because if there's ever a day that we need to believe in miracles, it's today. Among you, does he do it by the works of law or how? By the hearing of faith or the word. Then he goes on to talk about Abraham, our father. He believed God and it was counted him for righteousness. This whole chapter begins to go through this. I don't have time to, you hit it sometimes. But the point being is faith comes through the working of the supernatural Holy Spirit. It doesn't come from your intellect. It doesn't come from just your knowledge. It doesn't come from... It comes from the Spirit of God. Can anybody say amen? amen? That's why it's so amazing to me that it doesn't matter what you think about yourself. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not talented enough. That has nothing to do with the Spirit of God. Amen. Can anybody say amen? amen? We all have a spirit, and God has given us those things. All right. Let's go to the, to the, the book of faith, Hebrews 11. We wouldn't do it justice if we didn't do it. And I can't go through the whole book, but Hebrews 11 um, is the book of faith, right? Yeah. Let's read a couple of them, and it goes through the heroes of faith and talks about Abraham. But verse 1, now faith is what? Of the... There it is, in a nutshell. Let me give you the definition here. It's pistis. It's conviction, confidence, trust, belief, reliance, trustworthiness, and persuasion. That's the faith that we're talking about. That's what God is saying. Verse 6 of 11 says, without faith, what? It's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and he's a rewarder. Don't you believe the lie that if you, that God does not reward those that diligently seek him. You keep your nose going after it. You stay committed. You stay consistent. You will be rewarded. You've heard of some of my story lately that I'm getting back in the gym again and trying to get in shape. And I'm telling you, it's hell and I hate it. Oh, I just, I love these people. I came in one day and I love the gym. Isn't it great to be here, Jeff? 
I said, are you out of your mind? No, it's not great to be here. Every second my flesh screams at me and cries out to me to go home and to stop abusing your body. You, know, you don't have to do this. It's not needed. It's not necessary. But you know what's amazing? As I'm diligent to do it, there comes results. My nasty belly will go away. Can anybody say amen? I'm just telling you. And it's just my conviction that God convicted me a long time ago to get in shape. I'm not putting that on you. That was for me. And so I've learned a lot of things inside the gym. There's a lot of principles to be learned there that God has showed me over the years. And one of them is sectitiveness and being diligent. You stay at it, you'll see the results. And by the way, you go through times, I was telling Chris, these last two or three weeks, I've hit a wall. It seems like nothing's moving and I hate it and I don't like it. But I know in the back of my mind, stay the course, Jeff. Because there's going to come a period of two or three weeks that all of a sudden the heavens are going to open up. And it's going to be like you're Superman again. (laughs) Strong, big. And then you'll go back to reality and find out how small you really are. The, the point being is he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Yeah. Is he not? Yeah. All right. So throughout Hebrews, we see all these patriarchs of faith. Read it sometimes. How they overcame by faith. We'll go back to that. I love in 12, it's called the race of faith, right? In verse 2 says, looking unto Jesus, who is what? The author and the finisher. Remember I told you? We begin this thing by faith, and we end it on faith. You can't get away from this principle. And Jesus is the one that we look to to help us endure and to get through this walk of faith. Go to 1 Peter 1, and then we're going to talk about Joshua, and I'm going to give you a little um, visual effect. Hopefully it'll go well. 1 Peter 1. Let's read 3 through 7. All right. Blessed be the God, the Father of Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us to begin a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ the dead to inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of salvation through faith for salvation being ready to be revealed. Verse six. In you greatly rejoice that now for a little while, if need be, You've been grieved by various trials. I know none of you have been through any trials lately, right? None of you. It's all been a smooth sailing, wonderful thing in the last year and a half to two years. Verse 7, that the genuineness of your faith, of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory and revelation of Jesus Christ. Can anybody say amen? Amen. We are tested along the way. We are tried. I wish to heavens, you know that I'm a Disney guy, and I love it. I I don't agree with a lot of stuff at Disney, so please understand that. But I am a Disney guy, and I wish I could wave the magic wand over top of you 
after you get saved and say, it's never going to be difficult, AJ. You're never going to fall down into a hole and almost break your back. Where was God in that season? God could have stopped that. God could have put an angel there and never allowed you to fall into that hole. Right? But there's trials and there's testings and there's, there's times of molding and making and breaking. And one of my favorite messages is brokenness is beautiful. Brokenness is a beautiful thing. It stinks when you're broken. There's nothing enjoyable about being broken by God. But let me tell you something. It's the most beautiful thing that ever happened to you. And by the way, I like being around broken people. Those that have never experienced the brokenness of God and gone through it, they're not so fun. And they're not so nice. I'm just saying. That was for somebody. Joshua 4, if you go there sometime, you don't have to go there now. There's a portion of scripture. Do you remember? You wondered what was in here, didn't you? Chris is going to be angry in a minute because she's going to wonder if she's going to get these back. They go over and they cross the Jordan, right? And they enter the promised land. And immediately after that, Joshua says, take one person from every tribe and take a stone. And I want them to be these big, massive stones. And we're going to build a memorial to remember what God did. And not just for us, but for all those that come along, when they see the stones, it's going to be a representation of what God did for Israel. And so he, right, he piles up these stones. Can you see them? And there's a leaf, too. Yeah, yeah. So stones. And he said, I want you to make a pile, and we're going to make a memorial. Would you help me, um, Caleb? I know. They were bigger stones than that. Listen, I didn't have that much time or that much strength. I went to the gym yesterday. Let's do this. Take that side of the rope. So, let's maybe go right to here. Up on this one, Caleb, if you would. Take, and if you would, just take some of these stones and space them out. The best you can. All right, while he's doing that, remember I told you that this was going to be about, so for 40, about back when I was 13, that's good, 13 years old, I gave my heart to Jesus. Can anybody say amen? Amen. The goodness of God came after this little nasty, loudmouth, druggy, disrespectful. You can sit down, Caleb. Thank you. (laughs) He didn't know how long I was going to use him as a prop. Ella was afraid today. She goes, what are you going to do with me on stage? I don't know if I'm dressed proper. I said, you'll be all right. My journey, and I was thinking about this, so when I was 13, I got saved, and I'm now 53. 40s are, by the way, in the Bible, 40 is a pretty significant number. There's numerous references to 40 years, isn't there? So everyone, and this represents, what I want you to see here, this represents my life. 40 years. You all have something like this. Some of you may have been saved for five years. 
50 years. I'm here to tell you that for me, these stones represent memorials, memories of God's faithfulness. And I want to tell you that I don't bring this message to tell you you should live in the past. I don't believe in that. But I am telling you that when all hell breaks loose in my life and I have an inability to see things through, I look back and I remember what God did. Amen. Do you know, that's why there's, a, there's Hebrews 11 that he goes through this whole scenario of the Hebrews of the heroes of faith and what they went through and what they overcame and how they conquered and how they made it. Why does he do that? They would do that even in Israel. They would recount God's faithfulness of how he brought them through and how he was faithful. And they would tell the next generation of what God did. By the way, moms and dads and grandparents, you should do that with the kids sometimes. Let them know about God's faithfulness and how he brought you through and how this was going wrong. And all of a sudden, God made a way where there was no way. And so these rocks for me represent... See, this rock may represent the first time I ever went to a prophetic conference and I had these crazy ladies grab hold of my hands and prophesy over me. Never seen it, never knew it existed, and all of a sudden they read my mail. The thoughts that I was thinking, the prayers that I was praying, these two ladies grabbed hold of me and began to pray over me and prophesy over me and tell me what I was going to do and become in life. And I began to break. And I began to weep because God was actually hearing my prayers. That's a memorial to me. That's a memory. That's a God memory of his faithfulness. Do you hear me? My spiritual fathers that, that God brought into my life. Many times I'll go back to different prophetic words or different counseling sessions of things that they told me. And I'll go back and I'll remember what they told me. And I'll, re and I'll rehearse that again, and I'll say, do you remember that, Jeff? Be encouraged. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know of the journey of, of we, it took us six years to have kids. So when I look at my kids, it's a memorial to me yeah. of six years of believing that God is going to do something that seemed to be impossible. So when I doubt God's going to come through in this season of my life and I'm at the end of my ropes, I remember back and I said, God, if you did it then, if you answered my prayers then and you were faithful and I made a memorial to you, I believe you can do it now. Amen. And some of those memorials were, were very hard, heartbreaking times. You've heard the story. I lost my father-in-law and surely lost her husband unexpectedly at a horribly young age. Difficult season, but God was faithful, and God taught me things in that season. When I was angry and upset that I lost my natural father, right? And I remember wrestling with God in my spiritual closet and angry and thought I was going to win. You don't win when you wrestle with God. And I'll never remember him out showing me a, a scripture in, in Job and said, Jeff, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Can you still love me and believe me in this season?
it rocked the foundation of everything I was. I was at a crossroad. Would I say the course? Would I still say God's faithful? Even though I was angry and I didn't understand. A stone was built in that, in that prayer closet between me and God. A memory of, you know what? You're still, and, and I will never forget it, AJ. It was like the heavens parted. In the, and it was like I was in the throne room of God for just a short season. And can I tell you something? When you're in the throne room of God and the presence of God invades where you're at, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Everything changes. Nothing in the natural is changed, but everything in the spiritual is changed. Amen? So please don't downplay the, the faith tests in those walks of your life that God has brought you through because they, those are there for you to refer back to so that you have the strength to propel you to the next. Can anybody say amen? amen. Faith to faith. Glory to glory. He imparts us with those things so that we can have enough to go to the next level that God wants us to go to. Does that make sense? Two or three more minutes and I'm ready for you, AJ. Second Timothy 4. Let's go there real quick with, with, with what the Apostle Paul says at the end. I love this. Second Timothy 4. Paul's my hero. How about you? I mean, everybody has their favorites, and I'm just, I'm just in awe of the Apostle Paul because of the way God took and turned his life around so radically and how quickly he was all in. Can anybody say amen? amen. Timothy 4, 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8 says this, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. You know that we all will come to that place most likely. And he says this. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. And I've kept the faith. See, at the end of the day, there it is in a nutshell. Paul came to the end. And he said, I finished what God had called me to do. I accomplished everything he put in front of me. Can anybody say amen? amen. There it is in a nutshell. You want to know what, 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 it is, what it is? The big picture of you sitting here on a Sunday morning listening to a loudmouth preacher? This is it. That at the end of the day, you fought the good fight, you ran the race, and you fulfilled what God had for your life. The end. Can anybody say amen? amen? That's what gets me up in the morning, not just coffee. <laughs> Is I'm going to stand, just listen to me for a minute. Here's a little bit of conviction. The Bible says every one of us will stand in the judgment, judgment seat of Christ and give account for every word and every deed. Amen. And I want to hear, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. I don't want to hear that you left something on the table, Jeff. Jeff, you made it to heaven, but 
man, when you were 54, I had this thing in place for you. And you did have enough faith in secureness in warfare to be able to go through it. And if you would have, this is what would have transpired. See, I, don't, I do believe there's going to be a little bit of regret. That's just my personal opinion of areas that we dropped the ball. So Paul says, I finished it. Jude 17 says this. This is a side note for some of you that are struggling. Jude 17, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. If your faith is waning, if it doesn't seem to be working, it's always a good idea to get into the word and to pray like you've never prayed before. Can anybody say amen? amen. And if you can pray in tongues, which I still believe in, then pray in tongues. Yeah. By the way, that's, that's like people ask me that. What do you do when you don't know what to do, Jeff? I pray in tongues. You still love me? Yeah. I'm just telling you that's what I do. And so this morning I want to pray for you. Could you come up and get a song? All right. I want to pray for you. I'm not going to bring you forward and lay hands on you, which I'd love to do. But this is my heart this morning. Is, and let's just be honest. How many of you for the last year and a half, it's been a, it's been a struggle. I think we're almost all in the same boat. So as we sing this last song, I just want you, I don't know what you got to do. If you got to pray, got to lay hands on your belly, you got to, whatever it takes, I'm just going to pray that God would usher in this place. Remember it said, faith comes by hearing, and hearing, hope to heavens, everything you heard today was according to God's will and word. And if it was, then you can take that, you can grab hold of it, and you can stir it up, and you can believe, and you can ask God to begin to put you in a place of faith again, and hope, and trust. By the way, the Bible says these three remain. What? Faith, love, and hope. But the greatest is love, but faith is still intertwined with hope, with love, and with hope. Can anybody say amen? It's a big one. It's a staple. That's it. Let's bow our heads. Father, this morning, I believe with all of my heart that you wanted to infuse your church with faith. That you wanted not to beat them up or not to bring condemnation upon them. But God, you desire for them to be overcomers. In Hebrews, we see that by faith, they inherited promises. By faith, they quenched the storms. We know that the word says, take up the shield of faith to extinguish the fiery darts of the enemy. So, Father, this morning I'm asking you that you would reveal to your people that this word would come alive in them, that they would begin to walk in faith again and trust and hope with all that we're bombarded with in the natural right now, all the bad news, all the death, all the sickness. Father, we look to a God that is faithful. And we sang it this morning. All my life, you've been faithful. 
So God, we take a position of declaring you're a faithful God. Man alive, let a world see Christians once again that are in at least unity on this fact that God's faithful. So Father, this morning, I pray for your people. I pray you'd stir up faith inside of them. I pray, God, you'd resurrect old dreams and old, and old promises, that they would look back at memorials, they'd look back at, at times of faith when you came through, when you answered their prayers, when everything seemed to be hopeless, and then you showed up suddenly and everything changed. And everything was turned around because, God, you intervened. Father, help us to remember those times. So, Father, as we sing this last song, I'm just asking you that you'd pour out afresh and anew upon your church. God, let us be accused of being those crazy people that are full of faith, that believe the living hope that Jesus Christ is still on the throne. He's still ruling. He's still reigning. He's the author and the finisher. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He's the beginning and he's the end. He's the one that was and the one that is and the one that will be. That God is good all the time and all the time God is good. We'll learn to speak to our fear, to preach to our fear. We'll learn in our prayer closets to be the greatest preachers in America. Can anybody say amen? So, Father, I want to thank you for your anointing this morning. I want to thank you for your grace, your goodness. Father, just help us to be all that you want us to be, that we run this race the way you've designed us to be. Let's just go out worshiping God. Amen.